a great day to be here. There are so, we have five baptisms and we're starting off with Miss Libby. And when she came and told me that she wanted to get saved and baptized, I was so excited. I'm so proud of her. So Libby, do you believe that Jesus is your savior? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? And do you promise to live with Jesus in your heart forever? Okay, because of your profession and faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. celebrate uh, they're gonna line up right here in the front and quickly just come right on through if you want to just celebrate give them a high five or a handshake but uh, to start this way we'll come this way just let's just continue to celebrate what the Lord has done here amen because when we see you we find strength to face the day in your presence all our fears are washed away. Thank you, Lord. When we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are 
never called on the name of the Lord. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Especially in, in an atmosphere and environment like this. If you're online with us, the Lord is speaking to you. He's knocking on your heart. Open the door. Let him in. It's as simple as that. It wasn't simple for Jesus. He went to the cross and died for you. But it's simple for you to confess Jesus as your Savior and be saved. Believe. Confess him. Be saved. It's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing that we have. I just encourage you to do that. It was just a pivotal point in my life. I've never been the same. And I, and I strongly, strongly encourage you before the day's over to come forward at your seat, whatever. Pray the prayer. Lord Jesus, save me. I believe in you. I believe you've died on the cross for my sins. And I accept you as my Savior. And I'm going to live for you from now on and tell somebody. So as easy as that. Let's all be saved, right? <laughs> Let 
never let you go. I found that in my life that I've had plenty of hard, tough times, but he'll never let you go. He'll never, ever let you go. Nothing can pull me from the grass of God. Nothing, nothing. So thankful for that. So, hey, greet five people in your area and say, good to see you this morning. Good to see you, Aaron. left me in charge. I don't get that, but what do you guys want to do? <laughs> well, okay. oh, he's watching. Hey, Rick, pastor. Everybody say hi to Pastor Rick. Oh, uh, okay. We're, you know, we'll, we'll walk the, walk the line, but, uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to announce, if anything, Justine. I think I'll just leave it at that. And I'm going to announce Mr. Jake Talbert. He's going to come bring us the word today. Bless you, brother. Give him a hand. Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be here in the northwest suburbs of Wayne City. Those of you that don't know me, my name's Jake Talbert. I teach English at Wayne City High School. Go Indians, yeah. I'm the athletic director also and the head boys basketball coach. And uh, just to give you some background on me, I grew up, born and raised in Wayne City, Illinois. Graduated in 2006. That's one of my classmates back there. It's been 16 years, doesn't feel like it, does it? No. Uh, after that, I went to Rin Lake College for two years, graduated in 2008. Then I went to Southern Illinois University, Carbondale in 2010, graduated there. Student taught at Carbondale High School. Um, immediately after I graduated, I had a job offer, not to teach, but to be in youth ministry in Effingham. For, uh, for my grandpa, Don Wallace. So I went up there and worked with him for five years. Uh, had a great five years there. And then um, had an opportunity to move to West Frankfurt, worked for a Christian college called Northland College, had a lot of troubles uh, during my time there. It was about one year, and uh, they cut my pay by 5%. Uh, <laughs> so I resigned. <laughs> because it was a sinking ship. Uh, <laughs> but every setback is a step forward eventually with God, amen? I uh, went back into youth ministry for a year at a church in Marion, and that didn't work out, so I spent two hours in prayer one morning asking God, what's the next step? He said, move back to Wayne County, be closer to family. And uh, I said, during that one year of youth ministry, once again, I had subbed at various schools down Southern Illinois on Fridays and um, found that I kind of enjoyed being in the classroom once again. And so I, I prayed and I said, God, I don't want to work at Fairfield. <laughs> so if you're moving me back to Wayne County, I know that Wayne City's filled at this point, so it's got to be one other school. And that would be Sisney. So I went online, looked up, well, what do you know? Sisney High School had an opening. 
moved back, got a job at Sisney High School for a year, then an opening, uh, came open at Wayne City, moved there, and I've been there, oh gosh, it's been three years now. So um, it's been great being back near family, and um, over that period of time, past three years, got to know Pastor Rick, he's a great guy, um, I'll just be transparent with you, I don't care, he's not here. Uh, <laughs> He used to coach girls basketball for us, and I'm being, you know, I'm the athletic director, so we had a lot of text conversations, and we'd have that conversation of, you know, what, what happens if he becomes the senior pastor? I go, it's not an if, buddy. It's a win, because I've been praying about it, and you're probably going to get it. And uh, I don't know if he liked that or not. I think he did. Uh, <laughs> just that I was very upfront with him. I don't know any other way to be, because if you knew my mother and my grandfather, you know that... Those genetics don't go very far from the tree. <laughs> so here we are today. I'm filling in his pulpit, and I don't take it lightly, all right? It's, it's got to be killing It's killing him, isn't it, Sarah? It's killing him not being here. If you know Pastor Rick, you know that he, he loves you guys. He loves this church. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do my best just to fill in for a week, and he's going to come back here on Easter and be all fired up because we're going to celebrate our resurrected king. Amen? So enough about me. Um, this morning is Palm Sunday, as, as Carlin said, and uh, I want to talk to you about, this is the title of the sermon, if you'd like a title, Recognizing the Moment. Recognizing the Moment. Now, we have a lot of moments in life, right? And there's certain things that you remember from those moments. Um, we went up to Sandoval this year. We beat Sandoval in a basketball game. It was a wild atmosphere because I thought I wasn't going to get out of there alive. And so uh, we get on the bus, we go through Salem, and we do our obligatory stop at McDonald's because Coach Talbert needs to eat. Um, and our, one of our assistant cheer sponsors, Kelsey Gregory, who I graduated with, and she said, Jake, I haven't, I haven't been to Sandoval, I think, since, and I said, I just finished the sentence for her. I said, December 2nd, 2005. She goes, yeah. I said, we won 50 to 47 that night. I had 20 points. If you'd like a breakdown on that, I made six threes, two free throws. <laughs> and uh, I saw him this morning, Aaron McCormick, he's in here, he fouled out in that game. <laughs> but there's certain things that we remember, right? It, certain music can really bring you back to a certain time in your past. Uh, yesterday, I was working on my uh, push mower, and push mowers make me think of two things. Number one... When I was in, uh, I think, fifth or sixth grade, Mark McGuire is hitting homers like crazy. You know, it's a great, great time to be a Cardinal fan because he had more than Sammy Sosa. Yeah. Right. And so <clears throat> my mom says, hey, see those big arms that Mark McGuire has? Yeah, yeah. You know how I think he got those? How? He push mode. She got her point across, but later on we found out it was because of steroids. <laughs> I wish young Jake had known that. I would have fired it right back at her. You never got the upper hand with her very much, and that would have been a good opportunity. <laughs> the other thing it makes me think of is the time that the 
it was five years ago when I bought this push mower that I now have. Uh, we were living in West Frankfurt. I had a Husqvarna riding mower, and I had one of those in-between lawns. You ever own one of those? You know, like, you could push mow it, you could not. I decided it was a lot more economical because I needed the money to sell that riding mower and buy a push mower. And so I put the riding mower on Facebook Marketplace. Heck yeah, let's do it. Let's sell that. And so uh, I got the amount I wanted from this guy in Mount Vernon. He came down, he picked it up, put it on trailer, and... Uh, that was five years ago, so I was a little more naive at 29. This was the first time I'd ever sold anything on Facebook Marketplace, so I said, need a new mower? No. He goes, I bought one from that place in Wayne City. Well, knowing Brian Bumpus and the other guys who worked there, I said, did the mower not work out for you there, the one that you bought from Wayne City? Oh, no, no, it works out fine. Then why do you need this Husqvarna mower that I got from Rural King, man. He goes, well, he said, I got a neighbor lady. I'm going to fix it up for her. That's great. He goes, yeah, because my wife is getting old. When she dies, I'm going to make a move on her. <laughs> Sir, I think it's time for you to leave. <laughs> for I'm an accessory to murder. <laughs> through a mower. <laughs> it's just interesting how those moments can come alive, you know, you just, you're almost back in that time. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, even in this room, there's a couple moments that I can remember. First one be, uh, is more of a sober moment, but in 2005, I remember the funeral of uh, Drew Bennett being in here. I remember I sat up there, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget Brian getting up here and uh, sharing something very personal that, and even if I told it to you, I would get goosebumps thinking about it. And the other moment's a little more lighthearted. It's uh, when, uh, when JC and Audrey Taylor got married in 2010, and, and Joy, afterwards, she says, when are you getting married? And I told her, ah, oh, a long time from now. About nine months later, if you consider that a long time, <laughs> I said I do to my wife, Jenna, who's sitting in the back there, and... Um, We've been married for almost 11 years now. <clears throat> so we have these kind of lighter moments that you remember, but there's those very sober, very uh, dark moments at times. And then there's other moments that aren't happening yet that we, we want to recognize. Don't you want to be part of something big, something awesome? We're going to take a look in the Bible at Luke chapter 19. at a moment that was amazing for all those that were there. It's a moment so profound that all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all mention it. It's Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, and we call it Palm Sunday because they're laying down the palms on the road as he's coming in. So I'm going to read for 11 verses here. Don't worry, I teach English, so I won't stumble over my words more than five times. I'm going to start with verse 29. When he approached Bethphage and Bethany, near the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you. There as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, 
the Lord has need of it. Verse 32, so those who were sent away, uh, went away and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this amazing Sunday. We thank you that you rode into Jerusalem, knowing that a week later, you would go to the cross for our sins. And you did it with great joy. You did it with great even fear at times because the Father forsook you. But Jesus, you did it for us. We give you praise and honor and glory this morning for it. Help us to see the truth from your word and to leave here closer to you than when we came in. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I got your basic three points here. Number one, God has a plan. God has a plan. Verses 30 and 31. He told them to go into the village and find the colt, and if anyone asks you why are you untying it, just tell them the Lord needs it. Now, if you own that donkey, wouldn't you have a problem with that? I mean, the Lord needs it. Yeah, sure, right. Tie it back up. Uh, <laughs> but apparently, the, these people were <clears throat> spiritual or naive enough to believe that and let them take the donkey. That's a pretty cool thing. Uh, and so, he's fulfilling a scripture from Zechariah 9, 9 that says your king will ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And so it's just part of the bigger plan for God, which was to get Jesus closer to Jerusalem so he could die on the cross for us. You see, God has smaller plans that are part of a big plan, right? So all the things that we deem insignificant and small to him add up to big things. You're part of a bigger picture. But that doesn't mean that you're insignificant. It means that you are just as important as anything else. Amen? His plan may seem small and insignificant, but you don't have a way to measure the impact that your life will have on your family and those around you. You just don't. And you probably will never know until you get to heaven. I remember... Uh, my mom's visitation, there were 850 people that came through. My feet really hurt that night. I was, I was on my feet for like six hours. But I saw all her former students and some that in our house were a cuss word <laughs> come through <laughs> and say that she was a great teacher. I remember that. It's hard to remember all 850 people that came through, but I remember it. I also remember that we went to DiMaggio's and ate afterwards, and uh, man, Joe DiMaggio really took care of me and my family. He gave us the back room and everything, and it was nice and private. It was great. 
So God has a plan. That's my first point. That was pretty quick, wasn't it? Here we go. Second point. God will fulfill that plan. Not only did he tell them what to do, they went and they found it just as he told them. They found the colt. They got it. The Lord has need of it. They brought it to him. He rides it into Jerusalem. But we know that a week later, the big plan is for him to go to the cross. Here's the thing. God wants to fulfill his plan for your life. He's got a plan for you, no matter how old you are. It's never too late for God to use you. And if you've experienced his forgiveness for your sins and allowed him to take control of your life, that's the first step. Then it's just a bunch of adventure after that. Okay, I told you all all of my sorrows, all of the bad things that have happened to me in the past, but there's also been time and time again where God's broke through and provided for my family out of nowhere. I've got three kids, eight, six, and almost four. And the four-year-old's driving me nuts. Because <laughs> he's still three. You know what? Hey, anybody who doesn't have kids, all right? Terrible twos is a myth. <laughs> it's terrible threes. And so we're having a little struggle. But I know who's going to win. And it's this guy. (laughs) But God's got a plan for his life too. And it includes me winning. (laughs) Because if I win, I can set him on the right path. (laughs) If you've taken that first step of accepting Christ in your life, you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. Every other religion in the world has people working to connect with a deity. But in Christianity, God came to us through his son Jesus and said, I want to have relationship with you. All we got to do is call on his name. Man, that's, that's powerful stuff right there, people. His Holy Spirit will give you a growing peace day after day. I told myself I would avoid basketball analogies every day is not a Friday Joel Osteen's wrong (laughs) I would like to write a counter book to that called every day is a Monday (laughs) all the Joel Osteen fans are giving me dirty looks I'm sorry (laughs) you'll get over it Every moment isn't super spiritual or super significant. There are some mundane moments. Have you ever been to a Walmart? I avoid the Mount Vernon one like it is the plague. I don't want to be anywhere near it. I don't want to drive into the parking lot. I don't want to go in there. The Fairfield one is my choice if I have to pick between the two evils. I'm going to say this because I'm not the pastor. Pastors don't have normal conversations. Okay? You go into a place, people talk to you, and then they dump all their emotions and feelings on you out of the blue. You look like a quarterback who's been blindsided by a 350-pound defensive lineman. That's how I look emotionally. We can't have it. Do you have a normal time out with your husband? Somebody's going to, yeah, somebody's going to just, 
And that's okay, because that's the anointing and calling of God attracting people to that. But sometimes you're emotionally spent. You have nothing left in the tank. You just want to go in, get your green, cans of green beans, hit the self-checkout, and get out of there before anybody can talk to you. Okay, I'm the only one like that. Nobody get me an amen on that. Was I, at a church, was I at a church last week, and I said something about marriage, and it, get, it gets better every year, and I got no amens on that one. I got a special time of prayer afterwards. I love self-checkout. I know some people loathe self-checkout, but I like it. Because there's just always that risk that that cashier is going to tell me her life story. I don't need to hear that. I just want to get my stuff, check out, and leave. Now, maybe if I'm closer to the Lord, (laughs) I'll go through a regular checkout and run that risk, knowing that God has a plan for that moment right there. But not every moment is significant. Some are more significant than others, right? Now, every day, we need to get the game plan. Game plan's in his word. You gotta get in the word of God, okay? This is what keeps you from being a spiritual snowflake, my friends. This is what's gonna keep you on the straight and narrow. This is what's gonna keep you grounded when things are getting crazy, Things are getting crazy in the world. They're getting nuts. It's weird. The world has never been like it is now. So even more so, we need a good foundation right here, the Word of God. That's what it needs to be. We need a game plan, and we need the special instructions that come from a time of prayer. you got to pray. Otherwise, you're just going to be a rule follower, all right? Now, we've got to follow God's commands. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes God's grace does some special things. And you're going to miss it if you don't pray. And I would recommend taking time to listen when you pray. It doesn't mean you have to talk the whole time. I'm going to wrap this up pretty soon because I can't stand hearing myself talk. Do you know people that like to hear themselves talk? Do you like to be around them? Don't answer that. (laughs) You just did. (laughs) I take time to listen because God created me with two ears and one mouth. He's got something to say to me. He's got something for me to do every day. Some way that I can bless somebody. Maybe something that I need to take care of before something disastrous happens. But he's got special instructions for every day. Now, this is my last point. It's my biggest one. That's why I left it for last. So it's going to take more time than the first two. We've got to recognize the moment. Scholars, are, they argue about whether the people that said, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, they argue whether those were the same people who a week later said, crucify him. Some people say, yeah, it was. Some people say, no, it wasn't. It doesn't matter to me. Because in this moment, in Scripture, They recognize that a king is coming in. And they said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They recognize that he was a king. And if you go back to scripture in verse 37 at the end, they began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen. You see, here's what they recognize about this king. He had opened the eyes of the blind. He had opened up the ears of the deaf. 
He had, he had uh, made the mute to talk. He had done numerous healings. He had given people hope that they haven't had in their lives ever to that point. And that's the king that, they, we, that we serve today, the same king. It's Jesus. He's an awesome king. He's the only worthy king. And next week, we're going to celebrate Easter. Celebrating him, rising from the dead, conquering sin, death, and the grave. Isn't that awesome? I mean, the gravity of that, I never grasped it until probably college or in my mid-20s, just how awesome that is, that he knew what was going to happen in a week, and he still went. He still got on it. And he's riding into Jerusalem as a conquering king with victory. Everybody was shouting because they thought he was going to overthrow the Roman government. They didn't understand that he was after the crown that was way bigger. An eternal kingdom. A heavenly kingdom. Something that we can be a part of. Mm. Our fear is that we'll miss these moments in our lives when everything seems to line up. You know, the stars will align. Everything will be perfect for God to do something just earth-shattering. But you know what? If you just spend time in prayer and in, your, in the word of God, you'll be just fine. You won't miss them. Think about this. Not only did God send his son to save us, to bridge that gap between us, but when Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide. That's incredible. The Spirit of God, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, is inside of you. Scripture says that the heavens cannot contain him. Think about that. You look up in the sky, you see stars and planets and everything, and all of that cannot contain him. And yet, he chooses to reside in you. So that everywhere you walk is holy ground. And you don't have to be anxious, you don't have to be fearful. You can have confidence knowing that you have the living God inside of you. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. Consider this your locker room speech. I love giving a pregame speech. And I was watching some on YouTube from movies this week just to get pumped up. You know, We Are Marshall, man, I love that movie. And Miracle, Miracle on Ice, Hoosiers. Hoosiers is my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this is your pregame speech. Next week's Easter. You got people around you that are depending on you to invite them to church or maybe even to share the gospel with them. They're depending on you. And you've got the spirit of the living God inside of you. And you don't have to be fearful. You can walk with confidence and boldness and speak to them the truth that they need to hear. This is the time of the year that we get excited about what Christ has done for us. He's our king. He is our king. Got a guy from uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He comes around, meets with uh, some of our coaches on a weekly basis. His name's Nate. He's from Olney. And uh, he's been a real blessing to me this past year, especially during basketball season. I don't fill in and preach anywhere during basketball. 
Because if we lose on a Friday and a Saturday, I'll just be too depressed for Sunday. <clears throat> I need the Lord then. Uh, <laughs> I told somebody I don't need to hear a sermon on, you know, the worst is yet to come on Sunday after two losses in a row. Because I know that Tuesday's got a game too. And I don't want to lose again. Sometimes Nate would come in to our locker room before the games, pray with our team. We were in the Midland Trail Conference Tournament Championship game. We were going to play Sisney, our in-county rivals. I had prayed that morning about what to say. And I gave my speech. I didn't know if it was impactful at all. Nate thought it was great stuff, man. He was just... (laughs) He's living high. We, we won a double overtime. Long game. I was so thirsty at the end. My speech was like this. And no offense to, to Coach Kevin Bowen and the Sisney Running Lions. They're a great team. He's a great man. I said, that team next door is not a championship team. We are. We've won championships. They don't know what it feels like. You see, I just wanted them to to play the game from a perspective of being a champion, of being victorious. And I think that's all that God wants for us, is to live life from that perspective. You see, Jesus is the ultimate champion. He's the ultimate victor. And if you serve him, you're the same. And so we can have that confidence this week, everybody. It's going to be a group effort. There's still some empty seats out here, which means there's still people out there that need to come in and hear the gospel. And this week's going to be a big week for it. Don't miss the moment. If the worship team would come back, I'm going to wrap this up. They were saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. People, if this were to happen now, people would just say, here comes the king. That was the phrase that kept coming to my mind all week. Here comes the king. You know, we can't be effective in inviting people this week if we don't take care of our own issues today. And this is a big moment now that I hope you recognize because I'm recognizing it. So maybe you're sitting here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to say to you, here comes the King. Maybe you're dealing with depression and anxiety, instability in your life. Here comes the King. Maybe you need more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Here comes the King. He's not anything that Anybody would just admire, but a guy on a donkey riding into Jerusalem. But a week later, he died on a cross so that you could have eternal life. Here comes the king. Here he comes. You got a family of believers around you that want to support you if you're facing one of the things that I just described. So if everybody would stand up with me real quick.
Maybe you're facing homelessness. Maybe you've lost your job. Here comes the king. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. Maybe you've got lost loved ones. I'm here to declare to you today, here comes the king. Maybe you're questioning his faithfulness. Here comes the king, the faithful king, Jesus Christ himself. So I'm going to open up the altars for prayer. I would love to pray with some of you guys. I see some of you on a daily basis. I'd love to pray for some of you. I've been waiting to get my, I'm going to lay my hands on you. <laughs> Even if I don't know you, I want to pray for you. There'll be others up here who will help me pray. Don't leave here without getting something taken care of. The stakes are too high. There's people and souls on the line. They need to hear the truth from us. So as the worship team plays, feel free to come forward.
do what 